Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. The ancient Ramin is believed to have witnessed ritual child sacrifice, black magic, suicide, and is said to have been the hideout of highwaymen. Just about every type of spirit imaginable resides within these walls. Join us as we delve into the story of the ancient Ram Inn and discover whether it is a true haunting. Hi, my name's Renata Daniel. And I'm Anne Rekovich. And we welcome you to this week's episode of True Hauntings. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. So we're back at work, Renata. How are you feeling? I'm a bit weary today. I didn't get too much sleep last night. Just, I think... Thinking things through for the new year and making plans. Very which is, exciting new year, yeah, I feel. Yeah, it's it's always really important to have some sort of direction. And I'm um, finding that as we go through a lot of our social media, that there are a huge amount of new people that are so excited about coming onto the paranormal bandwagon, the paranormal field and starting up their own team from doing say, some investigations. Paranormal circus almost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe some people got uh, some equipment for Christmas presents and things like that, and they're finally getting the chance to crack them out, and they're asking lots of questions, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's welcome awesome. to all those new listeners and the new people that are joining the Anne and Renata Frightfully Good page and the, the True Hauntings page and all those things. It's it's 
great to see you there and we welcome you as part of our family. Yeah, we're on Instagram too and you're making that absolutely just go gangbusters. So thank you all very much. And look, we we were sort of thinking about things we could uh, say to the people who are new coming into the field. And firstly, that you've you've got to understand that there are a lot of different beliefs in the paranormal field. Uh, people will view it from the um, through the eyes really of how they've been raised and their biases, whether it be religious or um, cynical or, or even political, sometimes. Yes. Yeah. So you just have to be aware that there is no one way to do this. There is no regulations within the field. There is no governing body that tells you how to do things. There are some great places that will give you some great advice. Yeah, we've got some great people here in Australia too that have written up so many interesting books and pieces of information, we try and put that on our pages so that you are directed to the best information that there is out there at the moment. Yeah, look up Living Life in the Full Spectrum. It's yeah. a, and Sarah's putting out some amazing books. So, Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Uh, and also, look, the, I think the biggest thing is if, if you have a differing point of view, that's okay. You just state your different point of view and um, then you move on. Mm, find your tribe. Yeah, find your people. That's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, there will be people in your area who have uh, more experience and reach out to them and see if they will help you find spots that you can explore and maybe they'll take you on their investigations as well. Remember that the investigations you're looking for are normally public places that will allow these things to happen. It's actually very rare for teams to bring in new people when they're investigating private homes just because of confidentiality. And people who allow you into private homes don't really like teams of 10 people or eight <laughs> people traipsing through their homes with loads of equipment. Uh, normally it might be just one or two. Well, when it's us, it's one or two. Yeah. So take it slow. Take it nice and slow and enjoy the experience because once you stop enjoying the experience, there's no point in doing it anymore. You lose the passion for finding out the truth. Listen to us. We're all doom and gloom. What's going on? Oh. Let's let's get on and do the Ancient Ram Inn. Let's do that. In a picturesque little town of Woden under Edge in the Cotswold, England, tourists stroll the streets taking photos of quaint thatched roofs, cottage gardens, which are quite perfect, and the surrounding countryside, which is as pretty as a postcard. On one of these corners resides a tiny little old pub. The walls are whitewashed and a, a bit of a lean. The roof sags a bit and has had many lives throughout its almost 900 years. A sign at the door tells the unsuspecting tourists that they have found themselves at the Ancient Ram Inn, haunt of the highwayman. Most would assume that means it's the favourite pub of rapscallion highwaymen throughout its history. But it really means the pub is haunted. There is little doubt that spirits and demons that reside within the walls of the ancient Ram Inn are extremely active. Locals will cross to the other side of the road rather than walk near this inn. 
It is a place where nightmares abound and is certainly not for those of a nervous disposition. But to cross its threshold is to step back in time and the chance of an encounter with one of its many ghosts is not to be missed. A night in here is not an inviting prospect. The snarling fox's heads adorn the walls alongside a series of ominous portraits and a dressing table lined with religious paraphernalia. Past guests have fled from the house in the middle of the night, even out through a window after claiming to have seen furniture flying around the bedroom visions of a little girl wandering the hallways and have been pushed down onto a bed by an incubus. Whatever your stance on ghosts and the paranormal, it is difficult to imagine anyone not finding a visit to the ancient ram in unnerving or at least very odd. Now Anne, before we start on the history of the ancient ram in, we have been to the ancient Ram Inn. Oh, yes, we have. It was on the bucket oh, list for when was. we went there in 2019. Oh, that sounds so long ago. It was so much better when we just said last year. <laughs> so many things have happened <laughs> since then. I loved the ancient Ram Inn. I adored it and I would go back in a heartbeat just to sit there all by myself. Oh, excuse with me. You, Thank with you. you. Yep. <laughs> And nobody else. Yeah, and please, explore, nobody else. <laughs> explore all the nooks and crannies and all the dusty bits and pieces that are left in that place. It is very quirky, isn't it? It's very low ceilings and the floors are all off at angles and um, there is weird shit everywhere. There is. There's and even I a, love it. There's even a mummified cat, Yep, if I remember yep. correctly. And, and a big deep hole in the middle of the place. With a crucifix in it. <laughs> As you do? <laughs> of course. If you find a big, deep hole in your house, you put a crucifix in there and you say there are dead bodies inside with bones. Take a look in. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's let's look at the history of this place and it might give our listeners a little bit more of an insight into why this place is so haunted. So the ancient Ram Inn is a Grade 2 listed building located on Walton Under Edge. I hope I'm saying that. Wooten or? Wooten, Wooten. Walton. 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 W-O-O-T. Is it one T? It's one O. Walton. Walton on Edge. Oh, I had it as a woot, so who knows? Let's stick with Walton. Sorry, England. We look. We'll repair this when we go back. Okay. Well, no, we won't leave it. It's fantastic. <laughs> this is real. This is raw. <laughs> so, it's believed to be one of the most haunted sites in the country, and it is in the Stroud district of Gloucestershire Which in England. Cracks me up because we did ghost tours at the little town of Stroud. Yes, and actually, I saw that. We remember we went to the markets, the fabulous food markets at Stroud. Yeah. I saw it in a movie the other day, the actual square that we were in, and there was car chases and people jumping over things. It was fabulous. Anyway, sorry. On with the yeah, history. I know. If I see somewhere where I've been, I go, I've been there. I, I shout I've in the middle. I've walked there. I've breathed that <laughs> air. Oh, 
listeners, sorry, we're so desperate to travel. <laughs> all this stuff is bringing up um, wonderful history and yeah, wonderful memories. Anyway, so the history of Wharton on Edge spans at least the last 2,000 years. And Wharton on Edge sits within the Cotswolds area of natural beauty in the undiscovered south of the Cotswolds. And the Cotswolds are freaking gorgeous. It's like a little postcard yeah. town. You like you can't actually believe that you're looking at what you're seeing because yeah. it's so perfect. The whole area is just glorious. This sounds like a sale to go and oh, see no. England. Oh, no. I'm sold. I'm going. So let's explain the name first because Watton Under Edge, I'm going to say it differently every single time, Wotan Under Edge. It's a bit like the Povalaglia <laughs> Island that we did. <laughs> um, is a really interesting name and I'll tell you where it comes from. So the edge part refers to the Cotswolds Escarpment and Under is where the town nestles overlooking the Severn Valley. So whilst the first mention of Woten dates back to 940 AD, the remains of an Iron Age fort just above the town show how this valley at the bottom of the wooden scarp to the Cotswolds has always supported industry, first and foremost as a centre where the harvest of woodland resources happened. And let's look at that word, Wooten. You have wood or wood, W-U-D-E, which is Saxon for wood, and ton, which means village. I had no idea. There you go. Wow, thank you for sharing that. And I've done a lot of research. You have, I can tell. I've got more. Oh, the things we do for people, (laughs) honestly. And then became a thriving wool town. So following its industrial peak in the 17th and 18th centuries, the Victorian period didn't force large-scale industry on Wooten, mainly because transportation to other locations such as Stroud and Dursley was much easier. Dursley. This Dursley. sounds like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Dursleys. This left the town centre more or less untouched since the early Victorian period with a number of late medieval Jacobean and Regency houses still there today and we saw those. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing place to walk through. Mm-hmm. So really, Wooten Under Edge is a spectacular village, very reminiscent of a lot of the places in the Cotswolds, which makes it perfect. And we actually stayed in the village when we went to do our investigation of the ancient Ram Inn. Yes, we had stairs yet again. There's always stairs wherever we go. And we were at the end of this street. Oh, remember and the night we the couldn't find ambulance, a place. Oh, the ambulance the arrived? We blocked it. We couldn't get in. We couldn't get out. We just had to sit there for like half an hour until the ambulance dealt with whatever was going on. And we kept getting lost. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The navigator was useless. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like. And do you remember getting to to the actual place, we we went that dirt road, the navigator in the dead of the night. (laughs) Took us down a That's dirt right. road in the in the, in the fog. <laughs> there is a video somewhere on our Facebook page of us in this thick fog. It was terrifying driving this Jag SUV, which 
but they upgraded us for some unknown reason. <laughs> and all we could do is laugh. I was about to put Renata out of the car to walk in front of us to try and find the freaking road. Oh, it was. And the weird thing was that when we were driving out in the middle of the day, it we were on a highway. Yep. And it didn't take us down any dirt road. So it we almost felt like the Fae had kidnapped us and taken us on yep. some journey to the other world. You, you want to go to the ancient Ram Inn? Yeah. You've got to do this first. <laughs> so let's now talk about the ancient Ram Inn. So the inn was built in the year 1145. Let me say that again, 1145. History blows my mind. It really does. That They've got things there. Brain that explosion. When William Fitzrobert, heir to the Lord Berkeley, had served as the first recorded rector, rector, rector of uh, what? Rector, rector, no, right. rector okay. of Woton. Connected with the church, the original building was larger than its present form and had been a home to the local priest. So the history of the site could stretch back even further before 1145 AD, and they think that probably around 3000 BC, there could have been a pagan burial ground that existed on the site. So there's a wooden post in the building that claims to have been dated back to 7,000 years. 7,000? Hmm. don't know how they've done that, but that's let's go with it. That's older than you, Renata. I know. I know. It's amazing to find anything that's older than I it am. Is. Yep. I hate you. <laughs> To a time when this location hosted regular rituals involving human sacrifice, and I just have to add in the word allegedly, because this information came from dowsers who had visited the ancient Ram Inn several years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you cross onto my territory, this Renata? This I've got a story recorded. on the dowsers. I know it's not recorded, and just saying it's alleged information. We'll just leave it there. Much of the town of Woton was destroyed by fire in the reign of King John, but the ancient Ramin survived. It would later house the craftsmen and slave labourers involved in the construction of the 13th century church of St Mary the Virgin in the rebuilt centre of Woton. The inn is situated on the marshy Potter's Pond and streams that cross the inn's land had to be diverted in order to lay the foundations for the church. Some have theorised that this redirection of water, oh, they've worked against the fay over there, Uh-oh. redirecting water, Don't do was that. instrumental in opening a portal for dark energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had that in my notes too. All right, sorry. So as is often claimed of Christian architecture in the Middle Ages, the church was supposedly built on a ley line by intention. Yes. Now, now, that's interesting. How, how did they know about these ley lines back then? Oh, well, you must do some research on ley lines because apparently there's well, no such thing. Her, you should see her eyes <laughs> glistening at the moment. There is no such thing as ley lines. Wow. But... Many people believe that there is a grid of Earth energies that circles the globe and it connects all the important and sacred sites around the world like Stonehenge, the Egyptian pyramids and the Great Wall of China, just to name a few. So what they've done is they've got the map and they've pinpointed the um, important places and then connected them with the line and that's... They've assumed there are ley lines. Well, I guess if you 
put a point somewhere on the map of the world and then put another point you somewhere else, you're likely to cross somewhere that's of great importance. Mm. But And this is not going against anyone's belief on ley lines. It's no, just, no, no. Just a curiosity yeah. for me. I've always been curious about people's thoughts on ley lines and um, the, the validity of them. I love the idea of ley lines and uh, something running on a ley line, but um, and there's not that many in Australia, if I remember correctly. That's true. Is that just because we've not mapped the sacred places to see if they run well, through? Well, it's not our freaking job to do that because this land belongs to the Indigenous mm, people. I was going to say, I think and they have their own song lines. Yes, this is true. We talked about this before, didn't yes. we? The song lines. So keep your dirty fingers off, people. Although I do have a couple of squares of Uluru on Earth too. <laughs> Very happy to say. <laughs> But let me give you a little bit more information. So Philip Carr Gom and Richard Haygate describe the origin of ley lines in their book, The Book of English Magic. And Alfred Watkins, a landscape photographer in Herefordshire, noticed that ancient sites seemed to be aligned with others nearby. Well, that's a little bit of interesting information. Mm. He was a landscape photographer. Right. Interesting. His idea was that our ancestors built and used prominent features in the landscape as navigation points, so very much like song lines. Yeah. Mm. These features included prehistoric standing stones and stone circles, barrows and mounds, hill forts and earthworks, ancient moats, old pre-Reformation churches, old crossroads and fords, prominent hilltops and fragments of old straight tracks. So Watkins went on to suggest that the lines connected these ancient sites, that the lines that connected these ancient sites represented old trackways or routes in prehistoric times for the purpose of trade or religious rites. And in 1921, he coined the term ley lines to describe these alignments. That's interesting because I didn't think that that term was really that young. It's 100 years old. That's not old at all. So it's really um, popped into existence in the age of spiritualism and the new age. Yes. Well, not new age, but spiritualism. Yes. Mm. But I'm sure the Druids would say that they knew about these lines, may well Well, have called them something else. Places of power. Yeah. They uh, they know that. But, again, we go back to this whole idea of the Indigenous people of the lands Mm. knowing these spots and feeling the energies of the earth because they were so connected to it. Mm. Really important stuff. So another story is that any line drawn on a map from Stonehenge to the church, we go back to the ancient Ram Inn, would necessarily pass directly through the ancient Ram Inn. So there's some connection between Stonehenge and the ancient Ram Inn. They sit on the same ley line. So the the site stands today as the oldest building on Wooten Under Edge, including among its various historical artefacts, the oldest wooden window frame in Britain. Oh, there's a claim to fame. As well as the earliest surviving board for the game Nine Men's Morris, which appears carved into a stone ingle nook dated to 1540. Right. Now, Anne, you might ask yourself what Nine Men's Morris is. Renata, what is 
Nines Men's Morris. So did I get that right? <laughs> well, actually, I did some research on that. Oh, Anne. Tell me more. <laughs> oh my God. So Nines Men Nine Men's Morris is a strategy board game, and it looks as boring as all hell. I've got to say, <laughs> I read through this, and I'm thinking, is there a piece of information that I can actually share that makes this game sound interesting? There's not. Anyway. Let's let's go with it. It's for two players dating at least to the Roman Empire. So the board consists of a grid of 24 intersections or points. Each player has nine pieces or men, usually coloured black and white. Players try to form mills. Three of their own men lined horizontally or vertically allowing a player to remove an opponent's man from the game. A little bit like chess, this yeah, is sounding. Yeah, I'm sort of listening to that chess and um, Chinese checkers, I think you had to line, um, mm. line them up in a row as well. I can't remember. It's been so long since I played that. So a player wins by reducing the opponent to two pieces where they could no longer form mills and thus be unable to win or by leaving them without a legal move. Yeah, that that is a chess thing. Yeah. Or um, with the drafts. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the building originally housed priests, then builders of the church, and would eventually be converted to serve as an inn. Now, in 1930, it was sold to Maurice de Bath. Maurice. And has changed hands several more times since. However, the building slipped into decline and supposedly... By that stage, by the 1930s, there was already rumours of hauntings. By 1965, it was losing custom. The wooden beams had fallen prey to an infestation of Death Watch beetles. Oh, no, not the Death Watch beetles. (laughs) Yep. While the dry stone walling was crumbling fast, the building was listed for demolition as part of a council plan to widen the road. And it does stick out like a... It does. Yeah. It's right on the corner and yeah. it's it's sort of awkward where it is. Yeah. And they have come as close with that road as they possibly could <laughs> to the outside of that place. Yep. But anyway, it was saved by one John Humphreys, oh, John. a former train driver, and let me tell you how much he paid for this place. He purchased the property from Whitbread Brewery in 1968 for the gorgeous sum of Two thousand six hundred pounds. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! So John moved straight into the inn. He brought his wife and his three daughters with him. The place was semi derelict. It had no running water, and still doesn't to this day. And these factors, combined with the ghostly encounters that John reported. Don't you cross into my territory or I will be having words. No, no, no. (laughs) He experienced from day one soon the pressure on the family to stay got too much. Yeah, they bolted. They bolted. And his relationship with his children suffered because he stubbornly refused to move out of the ancient Ram Inn and he stayed. It's interesting sometimes how buildings call people in to be there protector or um, to to fix them or yeah. I, I do believe that some, what is some it, guardian? Build, yep, yeah. yep, some buildings call out to people. Yeah, and they just have to have it and they have to do whatever it is they need to do. Yeah. no matter what, no matter yep. the cost. It's an obsession. Mm-hmm. 
I believe this has actually happened with Loftus Hall too, the people who have taken it over. They've taken it to where they can and they know they can't do any more so that they have to find someone else. So over the years, the inn has been investigated by many paranormal researchers, but John has really been the only permanent living resident in the house. Or was. Since, yep, yeah, since the <laughs> 1970s. So John operated the house as a bed and breakfast for a while. That would have been interesting, mm-hmm. especially when he was living there. Mm-hmm. And I dare say he would give people a tour before they went to he bed did. at night. He did. Oh, my gosh. That would have been so <laughs> I spooky. Have, I have some of the stories there that he's related oh, and it's no. quite, there's a very funny one. Oh. Now, he really, as you said, he put up a fight with the local council to have this house standing. They came in and said it was a health hazard and that it could fall down at any time and they wanted to make the space to build a modern apartment block. Oh, no. Oh, no. And bulldoze it. Oh. Can you imagine? No. Oh, so, and so it was a constant fight. So John would appear in the local British newspapers over the years. He would submit photographic evidence of spirits. This kind of go, oh, this this kind yep. of goes into this. Yep. Yeah, don't go there yet. Oh, we'll go there at the end. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, he'd, yeah, he'd put up um, photographic evidence all the time into the newspapers with regard to spirits that he'd seen wandering around the house. And, of course, the most famous story of all was him being attacked by the incubus demon, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I'll talk about. Uh, which you? you'll talk Thank about. Thank you. Yeah, which you'll talk about. <laughs> he actually started to sleep with a Bible beside his bed mm-hmm. so that he could reach out and grab it any time anything tried to bother him. You don't sleep with a gun under your bed, you sleep with a Bible. Mm. And he passed away on the 12th of December 2017. Yeah. So I would have loved to have met him because he looks like a character. Yeah, he was a bit of a character and he also looked like an old rocker. Yeah. Looked like he belonged in Metallica or something <laughs> like that. So the, the building itself is... Uncommonly, uncommonly atmospheric, so the research tells us. But we know from personal accounts that the place is uncommonly atmospheric. It is uncommonly atmospheric. You, you walk <laughs> in and you do not know where to look first. It's an attack on all of the senses. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yep. Just how I like it. You're not- and just the fact that you're at this notorious location as yep. well, it's just, it takes your breath away. Yep. So you are primed. You are truly primed oh, yeah. <laughs> when you walk in to the ancient Ram Inn. But who owns this place now? So we know that John has passed away. Yes. Bless his soul. And his daughter, Caroline, has now come in. And she did a lot of the social media work yep. while John was still alive. And she's cleaned it up a hell of a lot. She's done a lot of work. I wonder what it looked like before it was clean. It was shocking. It was really bad. And um, like the the I think they call it the men's kitchen where we first came in and, and waited with all mm-hmm. the chairs that were everywhere. I don't even think you could get into there. Wow. So um, you know, she's done a lot of work. Wow. So she has possession of the ancient Ram in now. 
and she has given out invitations to archaeologists to come and study Mm -hmm. the place. Uh, She's also very active in keeping up the ghost tours and the TV recognition Mm -hmm. and the series that come through. So really, even though that it broke the family apart, she has now stepped into her father's shoes to take care of it. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Unfortunately, with COVID and the state that England is in at the moment, these places are really so reliant on people coming through the doors. Tourism. And tourism. And places like the ancient Ram Inn can be here one day and not here the next. And because of COVID and what has happened with the lockdowns in England, it is in a very precarious situation. So the more we can emphasise the importance of places like this, especially from our point of view as ghost hunters, and the ability to be in a place that dates back to the 1100s, which is gold, uh, we need to support these places. Yeah, and they need that money so that they can pay the rates and everything else that goes along with running a historical building like this, the upkeep and and repairs and there's just a lot of cost involved. Yeah, look, it's a constant money pit, that's for sure. And we want to help them by getting back there as soon as we can and spending (laughs) our money. (laughs) Yes, yes. But let me talk a little bit more about Caroline and the work that she's doing following her father's footsteps. And Caroline tells a story about her father finding out about the child sacrifices many years before he passed over. And so he would go to local charity shops and buy teddy bears to comfort the spirits. Isn't that a great story? That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, John came out of the RAF and he bought the ancient Ram Inn in 1968. But at that time, he didn't know anything about its past, allegedly. He was training to be a Baptist minister and he didn't believe in ghosts. And he bought the house to be a guest house. And that's when things changed because, of course, he came in on the first night. And yep, the first things night, went down the first yep, night, which first, I'll talk about. Yep, first night, everything went to poop. And that's when he started taking his Bible everywhere. Carolyn and her partner lived in the house in her mid-30s while they were waiting for another another property to be finished so that they could oh, move they in. Oh, they moved back in with Dad. They moved back in with Dad. That would have just been a hoot, wouldn't it? I wonder which bedroom they got. And oh. Well, she said she had tarot cards with her, uh, which oh. she wrapped and put them in a wooden box beside the cabinet uh, near her bed. And the cabinet got thrown down the attic stairs. Now, Bernard, are you telling ghost stories here? No, no, no. Oh, just yeah, no, just no, no, some no. stories from Caroline. Mm-hmm. Um, and her cards were, of course, inside. Um, she was waiting for her property to be ready. And then she says, I was out of there as soon as I could. And although she's not deeply religious, she says she wouldn't enter the house without her cross on to protect her. Wow. Now, we didn't enter with a cross on, Renata. What? What's? Does that mean we've taken a hitchhiker all the way back to Australia? Possibly. We've taken the dead cat, I bet. Mm. Now, she also says that um, John suffered a spate of burglaries at the Ram Inn. So Caroline installed CCTV cameras mm-hmm. and gave police some footage after things started to go awry and people would start to break in. 
and they were pretty shocked with some of the footage that they saw. Now, maybe that's a shock of the state of the house <laughs> rather than the burglars trying Might have been to... <laughs> orbs. Watch out. You can imagine burglars going in there and getting quite lost in the rooms, oh, but anyway. It's, it's a discombobulation. <laughs> and um, Caroline says that as a child, uh, she, she revealed to a newspaper that sometimes the houses guests would disappear and jump out of the windows to escape. These are the real people that stayed overnight, Mm -hmm. but most would complain about them coming out with scratches all over them in the morning. And, uh, of course, they'd take photos and there were always three scratches. Oh, always. Always, always. Her father slept on the sofa for most of what she remembers. I remember that from Ghost Adventures. They they were shocked that he was sleeping on this little little bed that it was not even big enough to call a sofa, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you right there, ruffle through those notes there, Renata, <laughs> just to prove she has notes. She's not doing it all from memory. Uh, and you would find, I, I just found a little bit of information. When they were looking for dating things in the house, they found tenterhooks. Oh, when you're on tenterhooks? Yes. Oh. They found tenterhooks in the house and that is proof of the significance of the house, of the inn, to the local wool trade. So this is referred to in a deed going back to 1820 and it's in the Gloucestershire Records Office and so... Of course, I've been thinking, what are these tenterhooks? Mm-hmm. Because we hear about being on tenterhooks. Yeah, waiting yep. nervously for something to happen. Yep. So a tenterhook is a sharp hook that fastens cloth to a tenter, a frame on which cloth is stretched like a tent for even drying to prevent shrinkage. The phrase compares the tenseness of the fabric to the feeling of being very tense. Oh, Renata, you are just so full of valuable information. So this is going back to when um, the wool trade was big in the area and they were processing and making woolen cloth. They would put it up on tenterhooks to stretch Uh it. Boom, Tish, there you go. I'm going to leave it right there. Oh, are you? Oh. I'm going to leave it on tenterhooks oh, for no. you to go. It's well, your turn. Let me tell you. I'm going to kick off because most of the recorded hauntings and uh, information about the ghost start around the time that John Humphreys moves into the house, surprisingly. Mm, that's interesting. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So the very first night that he moved into the property, he was attacked. Apparently he was dragged out of his bed across the floor. Mm -hmm. He was described as demonic forces grabbed him by the arm and dragged him across the room from his bed. The the spirits never discouraged Humphreys from maintaining his residence there, though. The the ghost liked him being there. However, his wife and daughters left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were out of there. Um, Whether that was a product of the ghost getting rid of them or what, I'm not really quite sure. But supposedly he was raped night after night after night by, now it says succubus here. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I think Zach got it wrong and called it an incubus at one mm-hmm. stage. That's, yes, that's yes. true. And yes. it, it was a little bit of a laugh because yes. that's the male one. Yes. And this, the succubus is the female one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, as you said, he did sleep with the Bible and Carolyn said he would carry the Bible throughout the house with him. It was He was supposedly terrified by all of this, but he had to stick it out. And they found the evidence of ritual sac- sacrifices and devil worship on the inns. Uh, on the grounds, um, and the skeletal remains of children he believes were stabbed with daggers. Mm -hmm. Now, there was an ancient burial ground there supposedly for the pagans. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the assumption is that this was a pagan sacrifice of some form Mm -hmm. or other. Pagans didn't sacrifice Pagans children. Pagans don't sacrifice no. Baby, no. babies. They no. they worship the seasons and the movement of the sun and the moon and the sky and yep. and the the ground and the animals and the the wind and nothing to do with sacrificing mm. babies. It's so a good story. It's a good story. It does. It goes along well with the witches, which we'll get into that as well. But I I thought it was quite funny that he was a Baptist minister. Yes, that that was a nice little bit of uh, interesting information there that he was a minister and he's still being attacked by all these supernatural entities. Now, 
There's a lot of reports of various things going on there. There's reports of poltergeist activity, as you said, that the furniture was thrown down the stairs. There's supposed to be numerous bodies buried beneath the building, which is the source of the poltergeist activity. And it's been seen by many visitors that do go to the location. I saw a report by a medium that had gone in and it was astounding because she literally found everything in every room that's ever been mentioned. This this is what (laughs) worries me. Oh, my God. There was something in every room. And if you look at the stories that have abounded by the ancient Ramin, it was literally everything that's been mentioned. So is this a confirmation bias where the medium has gone in to find these entities and then confirms it, which makes her a fantastic medium because she found these guys. I'm using my fingers to do the inverted commas. Mm you know, does that validate her as a medium or is it that she's researched it and regurgitated and it makes her sound good? I don't know. It's For me, it's really difficult. I love hearing the stories from mediums, but I love it even more when you get evidence of what they, they're telling you. And this is a lot of the problems with the ghosts of this location is it's a lot of hearsay and um, I think people go in looking for certain things. Anyway... So there's furniture, items uh, witnessed, supposedly, of moving by themselves and heavy thudding footsteps heard. And as we know, poltergeist means noisy ghost. Yes. One of the most famous entities there is the witch. Uh, Apparently she was burned at the stake during the 1500s, which was the height of the witch hunting era. Um, The woman fled from potential trial by government-sanctioned witch hunters and took refuge in the ancient Ram Inn. She was soon captured and burned at the stake along with her little black cat. Oh, I think that upsets me even more than the poor witch. Poor pussy. (laughs) Uh, So that room's now um, where she supposedly was, is now dubbed the witch's room. We went into that room. We did. Is that where the um, board was? They had a Ouija board of some form or other. Anyway, her spirit is angry and often lashes out at guests while they're trying to sleep. Now, this is one of the ones that I found hilarious when John was giving a walkthrough to someone and describing the activity and and the paranormal stuff. He pointed to the bed in the witch's room with absolute faith and said, see that stain in the middle of the bed? (laughs) Oh, no. That's where her... (laughs) I can't even say That's where the spectral cat wheeze. So um, what? The spectral cat urinates on the bed. Oh, okay. And he's got this as an Airbnb. <laughs> going in there. Nice. That's cat wee. Spectral cat wee on the bed. <laughs> okay. All right, I need to pull myself together now. All right. Because now I have to talk about murdered children and I can't (laughs) giggle during murdered children. No. (laughs) So many visitors claimed to have heard screams and cries of children at night. The innkeepers, as you said, put toys out to keep the ghosts happy. And apparently since that's happened, there is less crying. Now they've got something to play with. And the discovery of the small bones and the daggers when they were renovating the house, which they put down to sacrificing children to the pagan gods. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now now we go into the bishop's room. This is where bishops stayed in days gone past and the room supposedly haunted by the spirits of several bishops today. Dark monks and (laughs) evil spirits, including the spirits of those said bishops are said to be uh, seen there on a regular basis. Apparently there's nine ghosts that have been reported to be seen. 
uh, strange mist, disembodied screams. There's also talk of a woman hanging from the ceiling, which I'll get to. There were random um, one as well that somebody mentioned about. There is uh, a shepherd that is seen standing in one of the doorways with his faithful dog. Hmm. That's I didn't see very many references to that one. Hmm. Um, and there was the talk of a medium pushing open the door into that room as once lifted off the ground and flung across the corridor. The atmosphere inside is said to be oppressive and disturbing. John, in one of his little tours, said that eight people who've slept here have had to be exercised. He said nonchalantly. Um, and that the bishop's room is thought to be a vortex. So that, according to Dusk and Dawn, <laughs> you look at me, she's going to crack up laughing. So according to the Dusk, dusk to Dawn events... Um, that the, there is uh, a vortex within that room. Did we go on that one? <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> I, think was, I know we did one of the Dust to Dawn ones. Oh, I don't know whether it was Pontefract or that one, but they did a great job. They, they did. They did. We'll, we'll they talk did. about the people who were there with us later. <laughs> yeah. Guests have been so scared staying there that they've jumped out of the windows to escape the terror. Wow. Oh, dear. And now there's a little girl ghost. Her name is Rosie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them telling us some of these no, ghosts. No, um, Now, she was supposed to be the daughter of an innkeeper. Now, they refer to her as a little girl, and she was found hanged in the attic. Oh, how sad. Now, I do remember being up in the attic, and I don't I know, there was lots of orbs. <laughs> Lots and lots of orbs because there was a fair bit of dust around. We love orbs. Ah, now, have you heard of the Roman centurion? No, there's a Roman one. centurion on his horse, no less. Some poor plumber working at the inn happened to see a Roman centurion on horseback riding through the walls towards the plumber who was minding his own business at the time. <laughs> scared the patrices out of him. I it think would have. Run away. <laughs> it would have. It would have. Um, look, all of those areas did belong to the Romans. Mm-hmm. So there are, are many stories all around England about Roman centurions turning up. So it's Could believable. Be. Could be. Now, they also mentioned the high priestess. Now, I think that this may get muddled up with the succubus. Now, I don't know whether the high priestess is the witch or the succubus or what, but there is a reference to a high priestess who surprises guests in their bedrooms in the middle of the night. How do they know she's a high priestess? I don't know. The succubus, right, who appears to guests in the, the their rooms in the middle of the night and attacks them. And then they mention an incubus and a succubus that supposedly haunt the room that John Humphrey selected. Did he select it for that reason? I don't know. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so now that goes into the men's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so supposedly that's where the pagan burial ground is and that's where the sound of the baby crying is often heard. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, that's where the floor had been dug up and there was a hole and a crucifix stuck in it and that's yep. where the, the baby's bones were found, yes. or the children's bones and yes. the dagger. Yes. Now, there is a very steep staircase in yes. the, the place as well. Um, people are quite often thrown up. <laughs> I don't think they mean vomit. I think they mean throw, thrown up the stairs by invisible hands. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> We're off the, off the charts today. We shouldn't have had a holiday. <laughs> and then there's a ghostly cavalier. At first I read that, I thought they meant the dog. Apparently this, this one materialises by the dressing table and strides purposely towards the opposite wall. Well, look... If you look at the fact that this building 
itself has stood since the 1100s mm. and the place on the roadway that it is it is literally the ghost highway mm. yeah everything and there's cobblestones everywhere yep. which if you go into the stone tape theory it's quite possible yep. a lot of this is recorded events that are yep. just residual yep. residual stuff that's coming through so there's also witnesses um, who have heard the terrifying screams of a man who was reputedly murdered by having his head thrust into the fire. Oh. Now, that that would have been a bit of a snap, crackle and pop. Mm. That would have been pretty bad. Now, oh, what? The reminder there, which is interesting, was we actually, right at the end of the night that we were there, actually sat across from that fireplace... Mm. Yep. And that's where the motion sensor <gasps> yes. balls went off. This is where we discovered the joy of cat balls, actually, was at yes. the ancient Ram Inn. Yes. We had cat balls in the fireplace and they were going off when we asked for them to go off. Yes. Every other bugger had gone home and we were just left with two of the guides who were probably thinking, I wish these people would go home. But damn that, we paid our money. We've <laughs> no, come all the way from stay. Australia. We're going right. to get milk every minute of it. And they were told they weren't allowed to do any activities. Mm. It was only the guests allowed to do the activities. And we said, no, come on, guys. Come and do some work with us. We'd love for you to sit with us and do some glass dowsing and, and you know, whatever it was. Have some fun. Yeah, have yeah. some fun with us. So that's what we did is we, we sat in front of that big fireplace. Yeah. And um, we made contact with one of the, the priests, remember? Yes. Father Thomas. Yes. So I wonder whether this is the man I that wonder. had his face pushed into the fire. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, when I'm moving on to the barn, there was someone that John had taken them on a tour in the barn. Now, the barn was a lot worse than what we saw, and it was pretty bad when we were there. Yeah, it was. Um, so John was saying, oh, yeah, get your camera out. You get lots of orbs in here. Mm-hmm. So the, the guy dutifully took photos of the orbs, got none. Oh. And John said, wait a minute, I'll walk in. That'll stir them up. <laughs> Lo and behold, <laughs> the miracle happened. John oh, no. walked in and John said, make sure you got your flash on. Um, <laughs> and there was the souls of the dead everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That's astounding. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just thought I'd share that. So, yeah, he, he encouraged them to appear and they did. Yes, he, he was a ghost magnet. But if you look at pictures of John, he looked a bit like a ghost magnet. He, he, he looked like he may have actually been on the <laughs> other side already. Anyway, he's a lovely man. So this was the room that uh, Stuart from Most Haunted was hit and pushed over. Uh-huh. And that was the room that you packed the shits. <laughs> I cracked the shits and I went standing into my into the corner with my arms folded. Oh yes. Yes, we 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 were so looking forward to table tipping. And oh, this we is were. the Renata and I do this. We actually started off the whole uh, resurgence of table tipping within Australia. So we yeah, we we're not we're not the experts in the field, but we're no. pretty good at it. No. So we sat down at the table and we were put in this group because we're all divided up into group and with these British boys. They, they were lads. They were definitely lads. And they're, they're saying, um, come on, spirit, show us a sign. Come on, spirit. And they had their cameras out and they were looking around everywhere and they were part of most haunted or ghost adventures doing their shtick. 
Anyway, we've sat down at the table, we've put our hands on the table and we're, of course, the table's rocking violently and this one of them going, I'm not doing that. I'm not touching that. And they're going, why? Don't want to say. <laughs> and uh, eventually we got it out of him. He's gone, that old lady, she's faking it. <laughs> so there was a few things there that pissed Renata off, firstly, old lady. <laughs> And secondly, that we were faking it. So we said, well, all right, we'll 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 put our hands upside down. So we put the backs of our hands on the table. So mm-hmm. our fingers pointing up to the roof. And you could see our hands sliding on the table. And it was still moving. Not, they're faking it. That, that's that's a faking it. Don't trust them. That's, that's not true paranormal investigations. Sure, Sasan spirit. Oh, so this one's packed the poos yep, and walked I, off. I stood up and walked off. And, and there was a little bit of tension throughout the rest of the night. <laughs> there are, sadly, that was the first room we visited. It's like they, it was on repeat, wasn't it? I couldn't think of anything else to say yeah. other than, come on, spirit, show us a sign. Yep. And, of course, spirit would show them a sign and then they'd go, now, come on, spirit, show us show another, another sign. <laughs> And we're going, thank you, Spirit. Thank you. We're not with them. <laughs> oh, all right. So there's, as you said, there is the well underneath the house as well. Now, the story of the well is from the Ghost Club. Mm-hmm. So that was their investigation. If anyone wants to look up that uh, investigation, it's a very detailed synopsis of what they, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look up ghostclub.org.uk uh, backslash ram.htm, um, but they talk about um, there was three different diviners uh, that came into the room. Now, they weren't part of the ghost club. This is John reciting the story as proof that there was ghosts there. Yep, yep. That they brought three different diviners in, one at a time, who did not go back and then report to each other. Each reported a well in exactly the same spot containing two bodies and an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. So how do we get the two bodies and an evil spirit from the divining rod saying that there's water present? Hmm. Anyway, so there's lots of reports there of tourists trying to take photos and their batteries going flat. Ghost hunters have caught strange pictures of orb shadows. Uh, they talk about strange glowing lights that can be seen. I've seen photos of mists that are coming down the stairways. They hear footsteps knocking on the walls, probably rats. Something being dragged across the roof and even the occasional voice to tell them to get out. And electrified wooden beams. I don't know what that was about. They must have been built up a bit of static electricity and, and got zapped or something. Yeah. Uh, there have been exorcisms there. John tells the story about a local clergyman who was uh, the right Reverend John Yates. When he arrived, he said, I'm not going in there. What you've got in there is very, very evil. It's the most evil place I have ever had the misfortune to visit. And the exorcism failed. They have the um, what goes on now with the ghost adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the walkthrough, uh, this is just through the walkthrough, um, John, the owner, felt something going through him, causing him a lot of pain, which he'd said never happened to him in the 40 years that he was living there. Right after the owner of the Ram Inn felt something, Zach immediately had headaches, which he'd said had something to do with what just hit him. Mm-hmm. It's amazing Zach's still alive. <laughs> he is a superman. I know. And do you remember they had the ritual? They had the witches come in and they opened up portals and did you remember all of that? I do. I've vaguely heard a story about it. Yeah, so while that was happening, Zach's laying on the, sp- the floor spread eagled. <laughs> 
and he heard the jingling of bells, but there were no bells present. Now, I know that, that witches use bells sometimes as part of their... So, uh, who knows? Um, just after he heard the jingling of bells, Zack felt a tingling sensation in between his legs. <laughs> oh, damn, why didn't we give that a try? <laughs> Would you have been up to ask one of those boys to sit down and, um, no. you know? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no. Um, so various in, uh, during the investigation they got EVPs like, it's coming. Hate you. Don't tempt me. Where are you? Get out of here. And my favourite, I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. They heard a disembodied voice saying, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Laughing voices, breaths. They had some EMF fluctuations. They heard residual noises like growling, knockings, chantings, door slapping. Uh, an apparition. Aaron captured a dark mist moving very fast in front of his camera. Mm-hmm. And according to Nick, because Nick was still with the team at that stage, something was thrown at him while he was alone in the place where the pagan ritual took place earlier. Right. Which I think was the kitchen area. And uh, after the investigation was finished, Zach claimed, like he went back to his motel, it might have been the same one we were in, claimed that he had a disturbing dream. He said that he dreamt of a woman with red eyes, conjunctivitis, that was apparently moving her hands in a taunting way. Renata's making those moves right now. Just just <laughs> picture that. And when they were going into the car, Aaron noticed that Zach had three scratches on oh, his neck. Oh, there you go, the three and scratches. And he believes that he had an encounter with a succubus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to finish off our little uh, thing here with a couple of TripAdvisor reviews, which oh, I thought were fabulous. Wait. Can't wait. All right. So this is um, one from July 2015. And it's headed, the only ghost here is John. (laughs) (laughs) If you want ghosts, you would want to get a few spirits from the local pub. After reading all the hype on the internet, you would believe the devil lives here. Sorry, but you'll be very disappointed. The so-called business is run by John, who is only in it for how many people you can get into his house and charge. If you like dirt and dust and acro props, you will be happy. Not sure how he gets away with charging people, but like others say, the internet is full of hype. One I would miss and never go back to. Just make sure you read all the reviews and not just the ones you want to read. I, I think he sounds like a little bit of a sad person, but yes. that's okay. Yeah, he's a bit. He's, angry. he's missing the fun side of spending a night to, in a house like that. And you've just got to go in and be open to it. That's, that's right. Yeah. So this one is by Karen, who wrote it in September 2020. I did notice that once poor old John passed, the reviews improved. Right. (laughs) My absolute favourite part was actually, funny enough, we were on break and I was sitting at the table in John Humphrey's part of the house having a few salt and vinegar crisps. And I felt for some reason, I felt like there was an energy around me. So like most investigators do, I picked up one of our K2 meters. And I asked if John likes salt and vinegar crisps. And is that why I felt someone around me? The meter went all the way to red. 
So I decided I might as well record in case we got another response. And oh my God, we had an almost eight minute conversation with the intelligent responses ever. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with him as I always wished I could have met him while he was still alive. But now I can truly say I've met him in spirit. That's amazing. Next time we go, we're taking some salt and vinegar chippies. Yep. They called them crisps. Crisps. Yeah. But they did have a lot of crisps there, I remember. They did. Crisps and sweet biscuits. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Mel. She wrote, para not so normal, (laughs) (laughs) January 2020. My wife captured a face of a woman in a mirror in the attic and a young child in the den. My daughter caught her Class A EVP and said, put that down, just as she put a bit of equipment on the bed in the bishop's room. They both saw a dark shadow cross a doorway, but this was not documented. We had no response from the spirit board sections we carried out and only had cat balls go off once or twice. <laughs> they weren't as lucky as us. Uh, so is the place haunted? 100% yes, without a doubt. Did we see demons, incubus, monks, witches or cavaliers all over the place? Absolutely not. But the experience and the atmosphere was more than worth the six-hour trip. Absolutely. I like that. And I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. It's not always going to be big phenomena Mm -hmm. that happens. This this one is very short and sweet. Says it all. Don't go there. The electrics will terrify you. (laughs) 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 All right. Now, the SPR. So that's Society for Psychical Research. Yes. They did go there and they had plenty of experience, but a lot of that could be explained rationally and scientifically. They had fluctuations in their EMF meters, temperature, lights on camcorders and voices recorded that were not so easily explained. Now, these guys are pretty rigorous mm, with their testing. So that's, true. that's really good. Anything done for TV, remember, is always going to be done for entertainment purposes. The RAM is a very interesting place and should be preserved for future generations. I personally didn't find it scary or evil, just a normal Cotswold building. So this brings us now to who has something to benefit from all of this. Mm -hmm. And we always like to look at this to see whether a haunting or legends of hauntings are motivated by money. Money. And look, when John was running it as a B&B, he was charging 25 to 30 pounds a night, which is not a huge amount of money. But now it's uh, no longer a and b and it's rented out to paranormal investigators or for private functions. And the one that I looked up was charging 69 pound per person. Per person. So that's what, about $100 <clears throat> Australian? It's more than 100. Mm. That's about 130. And is that an overnighter? Uh, I think it's like one that we did. So, but what it's coming down to is that John was pulling in 20 to 30 for a small amount of people. Yeah. These guys can now charge 69. Mind you, they've still got to pay for the hire of the place. The Ancient Ram Inn itself does not run tours. Tour companies hire the Ancient Ram Inn to run their tours. Right. Yeah. Well, everyone's got to make some money on That's it. That's right. It's a business. And it's it's going to take a lot of upkeep for this building. Yep. So they've got to bring staff in. We, they've got to bring snacks in. Yep, yep. They've got to look after their people. Those people have to be there before everyone arrives. They have to be there after everyone leaves. And there's quite a few of them. Yep. I I don't mind that price. I don't I, mind I think the price it's very reasonable. At all. I do not mind. And the fact that the SPR have said that there is a phenomena there, 
sort of gives me a little bit of hope that it wasn't just all John's imagination or um, him hyping it up. Yeah. Maybe he was just very passionate about the ghosts there. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think that this is a true haunting? I think that there could be a lot of residual stuff happening Mm. and you have to be there at the right time. Um, Right conditions. It's certainly the right place to have something happen the amount of history and, like I said, it seems to be a highway for ghosts, yeah. <laughs> especially with where it is. It so where is, not- you know, there's not one mention of a highwayman even in there other than it says yeah. the ghost of the highwayman. So maybe you've nailed it. It's the highway for the ghosts. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I I would go back in a heartbeat because I just loved the place and it wouldn't really worry me if I didn't have an experience. Being in a building that is so old is yeah. enough of an experience for me. Me too. So I I would recommend the place to any ghost hunter. Just yeah. don't go in expecting miracles. Yeah. Just no, take what is coming. Don't expect the full apparitions and yep. people hanging from the rafters. Yep. Just go in and experience it for what it is. But I'm going to finish up with a summary from yes. Fright Night's events, right? Yep. Since John has passed, his family have done an amazing amount of work both inside and out of the Ram Inn. For those who have not visited recently, it is now a lot more open and spaces with even more space available for vigils. Though some say it is less haunted now, we have to disagree with a myriad of activity every time we visit, including that of John himself. Yeah, and I'm sure John is still there looking after oh, the place. It would be his, his home. Yep, anyway, and we have to respect that too. That brings us to the end of our episode of the Ancient Ram Inn of England. I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, please subscribe to us. If you're on iTunes, we'd love a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on the Anne and Renata Frightfully Good page on Facebook, True Hauntings on Facebook, and Anne and Renata on Instagram. Maybe not TikTok. (laughs) We're not big on TikTok. But uh, by sharing us around uh, and giving us a a great review, you help us keep doing the work that we're doing and we really appreciate it. Now, Renata, where are we going next week? We are going to Japan. And we are going to step into the darkness that is the suicide forest. And we will be very respectful in this one because this is something that is still happening and still active yep yep so thank you everyone stay safe and we'll see you all on the dark side bye thank you for listening to this episode of true hauntings if you like the show give us a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you're listening right now For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.